Hello, welcome to Chapter 3 Podcast, the show for readers of science fiction, fantasy, and romance. This is Season 2, Episode 27. Today, we are discussing The Trouble with Peace by Joe Abercrombie. This is our second-to-last installment of this year-long read-along. We've come so far. The only thing to do when you finish is to start at the beginning again <laughs> or start a new series should we tell people what we're planning for next year <laughs> well sure i don't i think you can't not tell them now that you've said I, that. Uh, now that i've said that yeah so for anybody interested in 2023 liana and i are planning a witcher read-along so if you want to join us for that it will be fun this will also be me rereading something and Bethany reading it for the first yeah. time. Yeah, even more <laughs> so actually. It's, it's tradition. tradition. Yeah, I mean because that I've only read the sh the first short story collection. I haven't read anything else, so. But it should be fun. So join us in 2023. But first, we need to finish the first law series, and uh, this was great. <laughs> I was going to ask before we started recording, but then I was like, I'll just ask when we start recording, right. what did you rate it? I rated this five stars. It's better than a little hatred. It was better than a little hatred. And a little hatred was great. And a little hatred was pretty great. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, this was So when good. I said that a little hatred, all y'all who are blown away by it, this is the weakest one. <laughs> was I kidding? Did I oversell it? Did I oversell Thus it? far, I would say you were correct. I gave a little hatred four and a half. I gave this five. So, so when I say that last year, I was like, well, he can't beat A Trouble with Peace. I'm sure Wisdom of Crowds will be good. But like, be be realistic. And then I <laughs> read Wisdom of Crowds. And I was like, how is this better than The Trouble with Peace? <laughs> That's that's it. That's stupid. It shouldn't be that good. Well, <laughs> so it's I'm, no business being that good. I am very excited to find out next month. Um, but yeah, no, this was great. Really, I didn't have any complaints. Uh, it was fun. It was good. <laughs> like a full of, of knuckles. I didn't have any complaints. <laughs> therefore, it was good. <laughs> Nothing to praise either. But no, I mean that. No, well, no. I mean there are certainly things to praise, but it. Um, yeah, it was entertaining. A lot of things happened. Are it, we gonna? Oh, this is what we did. We haven't done the trilogy now in a while, but I think what we were doing before was that completely non-spoiler, then spoiler mm -hmm. series so far, um, like that would include a little hatred spoilers, and then full spoilers for the book is what we did before. Okay, sure, we can try to do that. <laughs> Just sort of like ease into the fullness right, of the spoiling. Right, 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 right. Mm -hmm. mm. So, like, if someone has let, read a little hatred, then they can be spoiled for right. that far, and then yes. full spoilers. Fair enough. Um, so, and you've read this now three times? Yeah, because uh, with the new series, since I was uh, a reader when they were coming out, unlike with the old First Law books, the, they were already out when I discovered them, so I could just read them at my own pace. But um, for these books, since um, I was reading them as they came out, so I read a little hatred... And then I reread a little hatred before Trouble with Peace. And then I reread a little hatred and the Trouble with Peace for Wisdom of Crowds. So like mm. each one is read one more time than the one then that the comes one after it. it. Okay. That makes so like sense. Wisdom of Crowds, oh, when we get to that next month, that will be my my first time rereading it. Okay. Mm, exciting. So maybe I'll reread it and be like, oh, it's actually not as good as it was the first time. <laughs> it seems unlikely. It does. <laughs> but it's possible. It's possible. I've had my opinion go up on some books on reread, so it stands to reason it could also go down. That's true. It could happen. It could happen. Um, 
yeah no this was like man where to even what are what to say that is not spoilery about well this book. i don't know if you non like in vague terms mm-hmm. why why is this better than a little hatred Ah, uh, that's a great question. I don't know. I enjoyed it more. <laughs> I mean, I don't know that. So, so throwing some multiple choice options for you. Mm-hmm. Um, it could be the pacing. It could be it focused more on characters that you like better. It could be that like some things were paid off that weren't paid off before. So you just like the satisfaction of that, or um, or none of the above. Fill in your answer. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think. Uh, a little hatred was good. I had a couple of minor things that I quibbled with on it, I guess, and this I didn't. I I don't I don't know. Um, I mean, I enjoyed both of them. I think you I gave just, a little hatred five stars to you. Four point five. So on Goodreads five. So on Goodreads five, I rounded up. Yeah. So it was like I mean it was just like slightly like I had and some, then like, trouble minor. with peace was just a no. No asterisks, right. no rounding full five. Right. It was like a full five. But also... Which the crowd's getting six. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Because for anyone who doesn't know... Because I give six to something that's like a favorite of the year. So this wasn't like favorite book I've read this year status. But I was like, this was very good. I don't have any... Well, get ready. We'll see. We'll see. I also do think that his books in general are often, for me, greater than the sum of their parts too where like even if individual because I think this is how I feel about the original trilogy is that even though I didn't rate the individual books all five stars or whatever that as a whole I think it's a fantastic trilogy yeah my old first love video that's just me like generally gushing about it um (laughs) which had happened to be a successful video and I was just like I don't know I just want to talk about this and Mm -hmm. here we go um I did say in that video that like Okay, so he's, you know, he's good at uh, banter, or he's good at uh, world building, he's good at characters. Like, I listed a bunch of things he's good at, and I was like, okay, and like, is he better at any of those individual things than every single other author? Like, no, he's got some people that I would say are, like, equally good as, so that I'm like, mm-hmm. why is this all together then, like, 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 blows everything else out of the water for me? And I'm like, because it's more than the sum of its parts yeah. because like, it's the way that he combines all of those things in a way that is brilliant. Yeah. Okay, I just realized I might have sort of an answer for you for your question of like a thing that I enjoyed a more rip. about this. Uh, this had fewer battle scenes. I mean, I would, I, we're getting into spoilers, but I, I would argue this has more because the first one didn't have any. No, but it does. Well, I guess. Well, I guess the first one, no, find. the first one does have one, but. It has, but it also has, okay, okay, okay. It Loosely interpreting battle scenes, I guess. Like, or, extended action, 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 sequen- action sequences action sequence. is maybe okay. is maybe a better way to put it. This had less extended action sequences, which are just not my favorite. They're fine. But I wouldn't say it's a lot less. Like, I would, like, if I actually went and, like, did the numbers i think Mm -hmm. you're right that a little hatred would come out as having more but it's not like wildly more yeah there's a lot in trouble with peace yeah maybe about peace right (laughs) fair enough maybe i just enjoyed the action sequences in this book more than i did the ones in a little hatred that is also that could also be possible that i was like 
more interested in them. I did promise you, and you can tell me if um if I uh, overstated the matter that throughout the first law books, he does this thing of flipping perspectives and jumping perspectives. Like and again, that sounds like every book, but like you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then how like in this trilogy, he does like the Olympic version of that twice. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to think because I don't know that in this book it stood out to me. Like I, I'm trying to remember. We'll just circle back during spoilers, and I'll be okay, like, remember okay. this part? Yeah, no, you're gonna have to because I, I like I probably did was aware, but I think it whatever it was in this one didn't stand out to me as much as like some other installments of that have. Well, but yeah, he is a previous installment that. was romance centric, and I think that's why you clocked. That's probably why. <laughs> I mean, here. you are you are probably correct. I'm like, oh, I see what you're doing here. Yeah, that's you're. That is very likely the case. <laughs> yeah, it definitely wasn't romance centric here. Okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah, man, a lot happened in this. I kind of came out of this book really disliking Leo. I feel like uh, it's almost like the reverse Giselle arc where you start yeah. by really hating Giselle and then you're like, yeah. you know what? He's not that bad. And here you're right. like, Leo, he's like, he's not all right. the best, but like, he's all and right. And now I'm and like, you're like, no, dude, no, you sort of suck. I don't like you. <laughs> but even then, because it's Abercrombie's writing him, even then, it's not like a cookie cutter, you're evil, I hate you now. Like, no. he, when you're in his head, you're like, I mean, I, I get what why you think what you oh think my God. and he's like just so frustrating yeah. i'm like dude just like you idiot <laughs> well i also think he's kind of a good uh comparison to giselle which is funny because the comparison that i make in my spoilery review of trouble with peace from when like i first read it and i was like fresh off of it i was comparing him to a different character but i can't tell you why until we get to spoilers but um but for him being like Giselle, I think I've said before that I think the reason when people read First Law that they so aggressively dislike Giselle, even though, like, technically speaking, he's the least harmful, least offensive character. Like, the mm -hmm. other ones are torturers and berserkers and murderers. Right. And Giselle's just kind of a twat. And everyone's yeah. like, oh, I hate Giselle. And you're like, <laughs> I mean, he hasn't done anything. Like, he's just kind of an ass. Yeah. And I think Leo, uh, he's kind of like that as well, where, like, he's once again the character that, like, his, like the things you hate about him it's like you know that guy like i don't know a torturer i don't know like these other kinds of characters but mm -hmm. i know that guy who's like so sure he's right and kind of narrow-minded oh and my God. but like also kind of lovable so you like don't totally hate him yeah. but you're just like ah <laughs> that's yeah. why you like feel more viscerally like yeah. hatred towards it because you're like no i've met this <laughs> i've encountered this i have been IRL frustrated with this I can't like feel I can't like leap to a memory about a torturer and be like I feel oh this is bringing back so many memories mm -hmm. about my mm -hmm. time in the torture chamber <laughs> like, it doesn't it's not happened to me so I'm just like oh interesting yeah no I mean I think you're exactly right because he is so irritating but in a way that you've seen other people be and i'm like oh my god you're just and gonna it's ruin not everything evil which is why no. you're just like Argh. no it's not evil but it is very frustrating you just want to smack them yes exactly you want to smack some sense into which in fairness we have um a character that is around him a great deal which is spoilery to say who that feels exactly the same way about him so yeah yeah 
Yeah, so that was definitely a shift in this book. Um, well, I think also, uh, I mean, it's partially that he just does more frustrating things, but also in the first book, the person that you see, that you're comparing Leo with more is Stour Nightfall. Like, those are the two that are juxtaposed. And obviously mm-hmm. between Leo and Stour, like, you're like, well, Leo. But in this book, it's Leo and Orso that are being juxtaposed yeah. and compared. Yeah. And you're like, well, in that matchup, Orso. Obviously Orso. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yes. Accurate. There is... Um, there's a wedding. There is indeed a wedding. <laughs> this, this was the wedding episode. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I... I love Savine. I know. You do. I was one. I mean, I in general. I mean, I. I don't think uh, that that you're gonna. I wasn't expecting you to like. Oh, I can't wait for you to read more because you're not gonna like Savine later. Mm-hmm. Like, I think. I mean, she's a well-written character that you're gonna she's, continue yeah, to she's like. Yeah, she's a great character. She does unlikable things. She, but sure. I wanted to know how you like. Not that you would stop liking her, but that how your feelings about her would change um, reading this book. No, I love Savine. I think she's like I understand her. I guess, and I I like her. I also think. Um, you know, we talked about in A Little Hatred how he does a really great job of depicting menstruation with Savine. And then in this book, he does a really great job of depicting pregnancy <laughs> with Savine. And like, I know you, you know, don't have personal experience with that. I do. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> well, that's one of the things that like I've whenever I've brought it up. Um, to you or to people in general who haven't read the books mm-hmm. i'm like well abercrombie's really good at like women's bodily things because like the fact that she's pregnant is kind of spoilery yeah. so like i don't usually like say that that okay. is what it is but i'll be like yeah and he does women's ness yeah. in a way that you don't usually see so it's just the fact that it's there is already mm-hmm. like you already won and then what he actually wrote is also like i i told i think i said in my spoilery review for trouble with peace back when i first read it i was like i think he's a bigger expert on being pregnant than i am and like neither of us has been pregnant he and i share that um we have that in common but he's been (laughs) married to somebody who's been pregnant yeah i like i was reading it i was like i think you know what it's like to be pregnant better than me and i have the equipment for it (laughs) you don't yeah no i mean he like it, it was it was definitely one of those things where i was like Yes. Which is like what I interviewed him. I asked him, I was like, so did you like, what did you, what did you, did you Google it? Did you just ask your wife? Like, what what did you do to like write that? And that's when he was like, I don't think it's rocket science. You know, you just kind of like, you know, the science, I mean, the actual like bodily function, you look it up, like what happens? And then you're Mm -hmm. like, well, what would that feel like? And then he just wrote that. And you're like, I mean, when you put it like that, yeah, it really shouldn't be rocket science, but you would be surprised. Yeah. (laughs) I think it's, it's done in a way that's funny too, but like, like funny like you're in on the joke not funny like mocking. well i mean he handles it pretty much the exact same way he handles men talking about mm-hmm. their um equipment yep which is also kind of funny and not flattering <laughs> yeah which i just really appreciate i you know what i think <laughs> you know what's funny to me is that this this is random but i so i finished reading this right before I went to New York Comic Con and I went to a panel on um it was a dual panel so one of the shows I had to sit through even though I haven't actually seen it <laughs> but they did Wheel of Time and then they did um Rings of Power which I was mostly there for the Rings I've of Power one I've seen both and I like neither 
Well, anyway, it was just interesting to me because they did this whole, they showed this whole extended clip from Wheel of Time of this like very pregnant woman fighting all these dudes and then like giving birth on a bat. And I was like, everyone has ripped that scene to shreds. Just oh my God. Okay. Okay. So I, I had never seen it before and I was like, this is absurd. And in my head, I was comparing it (laughs) to the trouble with peace because I was like, this is not how you do pregnancy. Well, I, I feel like that scene book. from, not that this is what this uh, podcast is about, but briefly mm-hmm. that scene you're talking about from Wheel of Time is like yeah. the perfect example of like, okay, strong female character uh, doesn't mean this. No, <laughs> no. I was like, this is absurd. Like, and and it's not that like pregnant women can't do things. Like they can, but it, I mean... As Joe Abercrombie would write, right? Realistic, (laughs) (laughs) and it's not like Savine doesn't do physical things while pregnant, but like, although she often thinks to herself, maybe I shouldn't be doing this. Maybe I shouldn't be doing this. Super comfortable, (laughs) which honestly is like relatable because I was also the person who would be pregnant and be like, I'm gonna do all of the things, even though I'm pregnant. She's like, probably shouldn't. (laughs) I'm like, maybe this was a bad idea, but I'm doing it anyway. I mean, like, so like, it's relatable. But yeah, but I, so in my head, because I had just read this, that was what was in my head when I saw this scene in the panel. And I was like, oh no, 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 no. What is this? Yeah. Yeah. Props to Abercrombie for. Which like, I guess in a future world, if Amazon ever adapted for a slaw and did that to this oh. part of this book. Oh no. Which they could. They could. I would riot. Uh, yeah, I, but I, I do think part of what is done so well is with this, you're in her head. And so you also have, and that is, I think what Abercrombie does really well, which I think would be hard to translate to screen, honestly, is the, the, like the dichotomy sometimes with certain characters, especially with like Savian, with Glockta, um, of like the, the dichotomy between like the internal dialogue and what they're doing externally. I mean, maybe you could figure out a way to do it. But. I mean, that's why people thought Dune was unadaptable, but we just saw that mm-hmm. it's very adaptable if you have the right yeah. person doing it. So, yeah. like, you'd have to work around that or build some of those thoughts into speech. Or right. You could break the fourth wall, and I feel like that has a very high odds of being stupid, but the right, like, showrunner could break the fourth wall and make it work. Potentially. Yeah. Like, with Glockta specifically, I could feel <laughs> like... he would uh, Like, kind of like House of Cards, you know, when, like... Um, What's his name? Kevin Spacey? Have I seen Half of the Cards? No, I have not. But I I kind of... Or at least you know that he does break the fourth wall in that show. I've heard it. Yeah. So it's like a... It's a very serious political show. But then like because there's like political machinations and he's a liar, you know, and he's a schemer. So then he does break the fourth wall and like let the audience in on like what he's thinking and what he's plotting. So like if you did something like that with Glockta, you couldn't do that with every character because then that would get ridiculous. But... Right. Also, y- you know, you should know by now that to assume that I've seen anything is uh, <laughs> usually not going to work out. <laughs> I should. There's just so many that I'm like, even if I haven't seen it, you know, like yeah. I just know because like I, I mean, haven't I watched Breaking Bad. I watched like, right. one episode of Breaking Bad, but I know a lot of people reference stuff that happens in it. I, even, yeah. I like know about it. I mean, I know a little bit about House of Cards. Like I know vaguely like what it's about and who was in it and stuff like. So I mean, like I know a bit about it, but uh, but yeah, I have never never saw it. So, um, 
Okay. So do we have any other spoiler-free things? I mean, I guess the pregnancy thing is like semi-spoilery, but also, I don't know. <laughs> um, I don't know. Because like I'm coming into this too, like knowing wisdom of crowds. So I like am also very like, I don't want to say anything even mm. in the spoilery section mm-hmm. that is like, how, what do you think about this part? I mean, I have thoughts that are tainted by what I know. So, like, what do you think about this part? Right. What do you think is going to happen? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, I guess it's not super spoilery to say this. I guess in the spoilery section, we'll get into the specifics of why. But I told you before, and I say it all the time, that while my favorite character remains Glockta, followed by Shivers, the character mm-hmm. I most personally relate to, the way that you're like, oh, I relate to Savine, I relate mm-hmm. to Orso so mm-hmm. extremely and especially like in this book like in the first book like if um i had been asked do i relate to any of these characters and if so which one i would have been like mm, i guess or so mm-hmm. but it was this book reading this trouble with peace that like in the review for this book i was like i am or so and or so is me <laughs> <laughs> I, feel, like, I feel so seen by this book <laughs> tell me more about that <laughs> um so like well let's get into spoilers then shall we okay let's do it officially all right guys spoiler time spoiler time um in the way that like the the person who is incapable of doing something if it has zero stakes and it doesn't matter and so people are like if you can't handle little things then how could we ever trust you to handle big things Mm. and that's the thing because if it's a big thing all right let's do it i'm here for this pressure bring it on i'm calm let's take care of it so like the way that he's kind of just like sarcastic and he's like i know i should care about stuff i probably should take care of that probably should i just uh, it just stresses me out to think about it i just won't <laughs> have a drink instead and be sarcastic about the state of the world and then mm-hmm. you know war battle you have to make a decision and he's right. like all right all right, let's do this. Time to make decisions. Time to take action. And I was right. like, yes, <laughs> this is my life. <laughs> I mean, obviously I've never been to oh, war. Man. Thank gosh. But mm-hmm. like, you know, similar things of like high pressure situations where you can't think about it. You have to make snap judgments. And like, you know, it was obviously like a, he's uh, in his thirties, I think um, mm-hmm. at this point. And it was a little earlier in my life that I had my first instance of like something happening and it obviously wasn't war, but something that would like force me to just like, you know, be in a quote unquote crisis situation where like I can't dither, I can't Mm -hmm. think about it, I have to like take action and handle it. And like, realizing that about myself at that time when I was like, I had thought my whole life that I'm just not good at life and that I should not be trusted (laughs) to handle any kind of responsibility and then realizing that like, oh, I shouldn't be trusted to handle small things because I will not do it. But (laughs) if you have a crisis, I could probably handle it. (laughs) I mean, honestly, I feel like that tracks. That is probably like how I would feel about you, like being friends with you. So like that's, (laughs) I can, I can totally see that. (laughs) Like, I feel like you would be a good person in a crisis because I feel like you would be like on top of things and calm, but like, minor tasks like i i don't so like, feel like I, mean, I would like assign a bunch yeah. of stuff to you it's not like a big secret or anything but like basically like the the moment in my life that i would say like i had the realization that i can handle a crisis is when i was driving from northern california to southern california like overnight so it was like evening into night mm-hmm. and i was by myself and i totaled my car on the five and i was by myself oh wow and it was like in the part of the stretch of the five that's just like two lanes in the middle of nowhere it's just grassy hills and my car was completely totaled. 
and I was fine with it. Like, I mean, obviously I wasn't fine with it. My car has been totaled. Like that's a pain in the ass, but like, I was like, okay. So like then, you know, the cops came and the, you know, the tow truck came and I called the insurance and I let my parents know. Cause that's who I was driving to see that. Like, I'm not going to be there tonight. Cause I told them my car. <laughs> so, and I like got a hotel room in a nearby town and had to rent a car the next morning. And like, I was like, yeah, I just, I just took care of it. And my mom was like, oh my God, are you okay? I was like, yeah, I'm fine. I've, I've called this person. I've called this person. I took care of this. This is what I'm going to do. I should probably be able to get to you by noon tomorrow. If I'm able to get the rental car, like by the next morning. And she was like, are you sure? Are you okay? Should we drive up there to meet you? I was like, there's no point. Like, I, sh- I mean, what, what are you going to do? My car is totaled. Can you mm-hmm. untotal it? No. <laughs> so like, why would you, what are you going to do when you get here? So she was just like, I don't understand how you're so calm right now. And I was like, well, there's nothing I can do about this. Like all I can do is do the next step. Yeah. And I find that very relaxing. <laughs> I'm like, I don't have to make really like, there's not this like, you know, the, the, the pressure of choice and indecision or whatever, you know? And like, no, I mean, I guess later on, I felt like bragging about it, but in the moment, like the tow truck guy and the cops were like, you're taking this really well. Like you're really fine with this, right? I, I <laughs> It's kind of weird that you're so calm right now. And I was like, is it like, I don't know why I would be freaking out right now. Cause what would, what, benefit with that sort like uh, there there would be mm-hmm. no points to that mm-hmm. so like afterwards when ev- when so many people were like you're really calm about this I was like I, I didn't occur to me that that's weird until a bunch of people said so yeah and after that then that I was like okay well a crisis is fine but if you ask me to decide on a little thing and then also take care of that little thing I'll be like uh-huh. <laughs> maybe <laughs> oh man that's so interesting yeah meanwhile you're right like I I relate a lot to Savine honestly (laughs) I'm like yep (laughs) like I understand you yep so so that's why we're friends I think that's why we're friends Orso and Savine they get along famously (laughs) thankfully we're not siblings (laughs) well if you ever get trapped in a city under siege then if you paid for the army that I now have I'll come in and rescue you (laughs) fantastic i will keep that in mind (laughs) (laughs) oh man yeah um the whole there the savine orso thing is so interesting in this book because savine's pregnant uh that's a problem so they decide to marry her off to leo which which i love them getting ambushed by the moms first savine and then leo when leo was like I mean, it feels like, you know, you've already, like, prepared the wedding and invited the guests. And then he pauses, you have prepared the wedding and invited the guests. <laughs> and they're like, well, you know, there was already a wedding happening. So we're just going to Why not? Let's that. just, yeah. Like, pushy mothers. Mm-hmm. The two of them just, like, colluding is so adorable. It's Artie so and Finry. Yeah. That's great. Um, also, that too, and Leo is, like. Uh, when they tell him that Savine is pregnant and he's like, how? And and Artie's like, well, I thought by now you'd know, but okay, let me explain. And he's like, no, no, I, I understand that. What <laughs> <laughs> like, a boy loves a girl. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And then they have this fraught relationship where he's like, yes, please hit me. That's That's going to work out for me. Um, and he has so much internalized homophobia does which causes so many problems it does oh my god i mean i was thinking about that today having reread it how basically this this book obviously the the 
what makes the situation at all possible is the existing political and economic strife and situation. But like the the deciding factors that like determine um, what happens to the in- entireties of nations are down to like these these interpersonal relationships. Like the fact that Savine is even on Leo's side right now is just down to what happened between her and Orso. Yeah, it's this like very personal thing that happened. And if that hadn't happened, then basically the entire rebellion probably wouldn't have been successful. Yep. And the same thing that like it's just because Leo's homophobic about his best bud that his best bud who also is like Savine and has a good head on his shoulders isn't there at his side during the battle and it's like a really minute specific interpersonal thing that like completely changes the outcome of events yep well and it's also that the 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 internalized homophobia is also what changes the way he interacts with i don't remember the dude's name like the guy he goes to that him and Orso both go to see Japo. yes Japo. Yeah. Well, i was gonna uh, bring that up also just separately because like i love they're going to see Jaffo so much. Yeah. yeah, it's great. I mean, all of the, but the, I think the scenes are so interesting. The, and, and I think with like, it's kind of masterfully done, honestly, like contrasting. It's kind of masterfully done. <laughs> How do Okay. You- it is masterfully done. No, that, but the, but the contrasting of those scenes, um, because you've got Leo who is, because he's so uncomfortable with his own sexuality and recognizing it when he sees Jappo being, you know, effeminate or whatever, he's like freaked out and is like, I'm not going to do what my, I'm supposed to do with this. And that really affects things. Whereas Orso is just like, yeah, dude, sorry. I don't swing that way. Like, it's just like no big deal as opposed to being like, I'm so offended. It's like, okay, well, why are you so offended? Because Well, I mean, we saw this in a little hatred and I commented on it when we talked about it. Um, But in this scene, you really see it again. And Japo puts words to it again. The idea that everyone thinks when they're going to meet Leo and Orso, I'm going to like Leo and I'm going to hate Orso because Orso's the like the prince that sleeps around and is useless. And Leo is like the hero who's like the guy who's so virtuous. And you meet them in a little hatred too. People are like, they meet Orso and they're like, I got you actually you're all right and he's mm-hmm. like yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, I know I got a bad reputation it's not a high bar yeah um and Jappo once again he's like you know when I was gonna meet you and and uh Leo I mm-hmm. thought I'd like Leo and hate you but you know you're all right <laughs> nope. it's yeah. like I wish the whole nation could meet or so and realize right. that he's all right Leo's yeah. ass <laughs> but also I mean I think that kind of goes with what always happens in all the books in the series of that like people's reputations and what is said of them is so rarely reality sometimes it's spot on though (laughs) (laughs) yeah um it is kind of sad for sabine by the end because she's like what did i do why did i do this she and she has a sort of come to jesus like i Mm -hmm. i was I recognize that I was not in a stable emotional place mm-hmm. when I made decisions. Yeah. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> yeah. I was on a lot of drugs. I was mm-hmm. pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> I was angry and hurt and uh, oops. <laughs> uh, what did I do? Well, to be like full spoilers and I mean, we can like, we don't have to talk about the book in order, but to skip to the end for a second. No. Um, I had to wait a year to find out what Orso is thinking. 
because at the end of the book you don't get another Orso chapter you have no idea what he's thinking and I was like "Ah." (laughs) I don't know if that bothers you I mean Uh, you don't have to wait a year like I did but yeah, so I probably am not bothered because I am. But going if you to had to wait a year to yeah, know what he's yeah. thinking, sure, yeah. That would that would you not feel? Yeah. <laughs> like, what's mm-hmm, what's he mm-hmm, thinking? Mm-hmm. He just learned something really important. What does he think about that? <laughs> yes. All I have to go on is the fact that he didn't kill Leo, but I also don't know what that means necessarily. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I am really curious to see where the third book is gonna go um yeah because there's a lot going on there's still i wish i I should have gone back to watch our first episode or our episode of the first book because i asked you for predictions you did yeah i i how do you feel you did on your predictions uh i don't not maybe not go, well, i don't know i'm still not sure what's gonna happen in book three because well, so much sure. happened in this book so i don't but, really know um, i guess going into the trouble with peace like not yeah. it's hard to remember what you think when you already know something but like I, I guess when you were reading it did you find yourself going this is not what i expected or were you like yeah this is yeah i mean i'm surprised by things along the way but i'm like this is kind of yeah this is where or were you like whoa this is not what i expected to happen in this book Um, yeah, I think I was expecting to see more political revolution happening in the middle book, which there's like some plotting that goes on. There was actually more of that in the first book. Yeah, there was. So I think I was expecting more because I think my prediction was sort of that by the end of the trilogy, we might be moving to a different governance system. You suggested uh, capitalism. At least yeah. a facade of one. Yes. Right. Yeah. Um, which I think is still possible. I just think that we have a lot of ground to cover in a last book if that's what's going to happen. Um, could Abercrombie pull it off? Maybe. <laughs> um, but I'm less certain that that is where we're headed. Uh, well, given... then where do you think we're headed if not there? I I don't know. I mean, I still think that that would be an a good ending. I'm just not sure. Well, since we're we're in like as full of spoilers as we possibly can mm-hmm. be, um, the other big thing at the end of the book is another piece of information that is shared with not just another character but with the reader. Remind me, it's been like a week and a half we since learn, I read this. We learn who the Weaver is. Oh, right. Okay, but was, like, I think I remember, but also it's been a week and a half and I was like... It's Pike. Hmm. Pike goes to Vic and is like, so, how do you feel about things? You want to be on our team? That's right, that's right. And she's like, are you asking me as a test? And I'm screwed if I say yes? Are you asking me genuinely? And I'm screwed if I say no? (laughs) I don't know what Vic is going to do. Like, Vic is kind of a wild card. Because. But did you at all suspect that the Weaver would be Pike? No. Glockta's right-hand man. Yeah, no. I 100% did not expect that. is no longer in charge. It's just Pike. Acting Arch Lecter. Right. Hmm. Which is interesting. So, I mean, we could, 
like if he's especially if he is intended to be um because you know i mean like obviously part of this seems inspired by uh like the french revolution and stuff i mean i think they used cover art um for the uk edition that is a a painting of the french revolution for the Mm -hmm. wisdom Mm -hmm. of crowds well so then the question would be like what if pike is intended to be sort of a stand-in for like robespierre and then book three we get like I don't know. So I who knows? I mean, maybe maybe my suggestion is correct, and that is where we're gonna end up. Uh, that would be interesting. I mean, of course, Pike is you know a nobleman that Glockta sent to the camps in the very beginning of the first law. And yeah, my what an arc we've had with that yeah. character that you thought was insignificant when he got shipped off to Angland in the Ooh. beginning of the blade itself. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> is this is this like? <laughs> you know soft rich dude who's like i'm your friend and like oh no and you're torturing me and then now he's the stuff of nightmares man <laughs> you just really never know and like i said vic is such a wild card because she's i mean she's really in things for herself but it's like Which glock praises her for he's like hey I- so i'm not your boss anymore so i just thought i'd give you a little pep talk before i go you know yeah yeah but so then then that becomes the question is it's sort of all based on who you think who she thinks is more likely to win or i mean at that point in the moment it doesn't matter who's gonna win her boss is on this side or or he's testing her like again when she asks her that and she's like why are you asking me how i feel about the breakers yeah a a test or is Mm -hmm. it uh you know uh, invitation right yeah but i mean we have had some interesting moments with pike in the through these books before you find that out like in the first book leo wants to grant mercy to the breakers and he's like we should um yeah like let's forgive and forget and give everybody food and move on and he wakes up the next morning and and pike has hanged everybody yeah and he's like uh yeah and then when they're questioning somebody in the cells, <sighs> Vic is questioning them. And then Pike comes in, is like, I'll take over from here. Because that person, she was like, who's the weaver? Tell me who the weaver is. And Pike's like, I'll take it from here. Right. And sends her out of the room. That is really interesting. Yeah, I mean, and it's funny because both of those were moments where I was like, that's strange. But I mean, it definitely puts a different spin on it if he's actually you know like doing things intentionally because he wants this rebellion to succeed or whatever but then because um, after he's done those things then in, there's this like brief scene in the battle in trouble with peace where that boy like tries to desert and they catch him and bring him back and you're just like well pipes pike's gonna kill him and pike's like are you gonna stay this time okay then back to your post and vic's like staring at me he's like what and she's like that i nothing i thought you i thought you'd kill him <laughs> yeah so it's another one of those, uh, it's almost like a Kaz Bricker moment, you know, when people believe you're yeah. a monster, you needn't waste time doing every monstrous thing. As long as nobody knows, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm very interested to see the direction book It's just like, throughout take. the books, you're like, you know, Pike's the guy, that you're like, okay, yeah, that was kind of interesting that he ended up being who he was by the end of the first law trilogy, that he sort of came back. And then right. here, yeah, he's working with Glockta, and he's around. And then when you find out at the end of Trouble with Peace that he's the weaver, then when you reread A Little Hatred and Trouble with Peace, suddenly he's so much more interesting. He's not just like, oh, yeah, that guy that works for Galacta. You're like, oh, yeah, you said that and you did that and you were here for this. And 
you suddenly so much more interesting <laughs> yes i do think it's interesting our uh, the queen kind of gets a happy ending well this series isn't over yet that's true <laughs> but she gets Whoa. a she gets a, a, a happy yeah. middle at least i didn't really think about that too much until this time around because when we talked about little hatred that was one of the peak things you were concerned about is that she would you know get to be with her girlfriend again and i was like i never cared or worried about that <laughs> but this time around when that scene happened i was like bethany will be happy <laughs> I, was, I was like oh <laughs> yay I just enjoy the interaction of Orso and his sister about how they deal with mom and how they talk about mom and mm -hmm. their different strategies for handling mom. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I guess that's, that's probably interesting with us reading this together because like I generally am more interested in the relationships between people. And so like. Or romantic relationships. Rom I mean, I mean the whole book in general, but yeah, the romance, but right, right, right. Which, which is also interesting. But yeah, the romantic relationships are always interesting to me. So I do probably. There's so little of that. <laughs> in these books. I know, but. <laughs> uh, but I mean, that's another example. I mean, like, or so like. It's not like he's he's laboring under any delusions about his parents. Like he not only do they not love each other, he's fully aware that his mom's into women. Like Yeah, which is which is so interesting. <laughs> hey mom, I got your girlfriend back for you. Go be happy. Leave me alone, please. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Go live with my sister for a bit. She can oh, I've had enough of you. <laughs> like good for you or so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. Which yeah, I mean that conversation with him and Japo is just it's just so fun. It's just yeah. so enjoyable. Yeah. So then I guess the other major player in this book is, uh, is it Rika? Rika? Rika. She. Which again, like when I first read this, I mean, you can tell me how you felt, but mm -hmm. I was so impressed that over and over again, Abercrombie tricked me where she'd be in a vision and didn't know she's in a vision. And then you'd going along in this scene and you're like, what? And then she's like, this hasn't happened yet. And like after he's done it a couple of times, you're like, okay, well, I'm going to clock it now. Nope. He does it again. And I'm like, damn it. I didn't know that she was in a vision. <laughs> he does it again. I'm like, damn it. I didn't know she was in a vision. <laughs> you keep doing it and I keep not catching it. How am I still fooled? That's really funny because I, well, and I don't know if part of it because I was listening to the audio book, but I was like, I get it. Like we're going to keep going through time until she eventually catches up back to like where she actually is. Because that's kind of what happens. But he like, flips it starts... back and forth, too. Because he did. she did come back to the present and, like, have a normal yeah. interaction. And then later on, then she's also, it seems like it could be what happens next after that. And then she's yeah. like, no, this hasn't happened yet. And you're like, <laughs> <laughs> And then suddenly there are kids again. And I'm like, wait, hang on. She's like, no, this already happened. And I'm like, yeah, I'm on to you. <laughs> well, I thought that was interesting. I thought it was really effective, too, of, like, showing like how chaotic things were for her i mean for a guy that doesn't write magic very much i think he's good at writing it when mm -hmm. he does where it feels um like, like i feel like a lot of times people get really flowery about it and you're like it felt un untouchable unattainable you use like big flowery language to describe magic and you're like uh, okay i guess it's magic mm -hmm. but he does it in a way where like you really get like you can understand the experience that right. this character is going through um so, yeah I think that was definitely the case with Rika. I thought I did think that that was really effective for giving us the feel for like what it was like for her yeah, to be as disoriented as yes, she is. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So I thought that worked out really well. Um, 
And I mean, in the scene yeah. when she's getting her runes, like then the full chaos of like seeing like like when she hears shivers and and Isern talking to her while she's getting it sewn on. Even yeah. then, you're like, does she hear them right now, or is that part of the chaos of visions that she's having right now? Or like that whole thing. I was yeah. like, so well done. It was yeah. Well, and it, like the experience of getting it done seemed so awful as well. And then I think it's so funny how after all of that you know from what we know she probably doesn't actually have visions much anymore but she acts like she does well, she looks more like she would she looks like she right like so it's interesting so she can play the part and she'll tell people she'll like use that as a way to get people to do what she wants which well, is, she's finally okay. learned the lessons that the first book she was they were trying to teach her that like yeah. okay just because you have the visions that doesn't mean that you have to say what you see exactly you get right. to choose what you share and how you share it so like it's not like like, I think Isern is the one that's like, you know, you, you're you more in control than you seem to want to let yourself be like, oh, I'm at the whim of my visions. But it's just like, you're not, though. You right. When they're like, it's not my fault. It was in the vision. No, it is your fault. You told him the vision, which that right. was your choice. And she's like, I guess I do have more power than I realized. Mm -hmm. And she's like, fully on board with that now. She's like, I've seen it. <laughs> yeah. She's like, if I have to look like this, I'm going to make some good use of it. Well, she's taking a page out of Uncle Shiver's book. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you got it, flaunt it. Yeah. Which, I mean, I think she understands too, right? Because, like, she was never afraid of him, even though everybody else was. But I think she Which now is, is so like... sweet when, like, they're worried about her and Shiver's is, like, when he does his little, like, introspection moment of, like, you know... Uh, how I, people said, I brought you back, but you're the one that brought me back. That, yeah. like, you brought me back to my humanity. And she's mm -hmm. like, oh, you're just Uncle Shivers. <laughs> yeah. It's so cute. I just, like, love that trio. I know. Aunt Discern and Uncle Shivers and Tricky Ricka. Yep. <laughs> love that little family yeah. unit. <laughs> yeah, it's cute. Yeah. Whew. Yeah, so a lot happened in this book. And, um... I am excited to see where it's going to go next. We'll see. Also, how much do we love the description of the appearance of Japo? I don't... Remind me. Japo, uh, or Orso, is surprised when he meets Japo that he doesn't look like he would have imagined Asterion to look. In fact, he looks a bit more like a Northman. Huh. He's Monza's son. Oh. And I think Monza used to keep company with a Northman. Oh. Interesting. It's Shiver's son. It's Shiver's son. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. It's everybody's children in the books. Indeed. Huh. I don't think I caught that. Okay. Hmm. And I mean, it's funny also having Orso and Japo bond over having mothers like Therese and Monza, who, you know, it would be yeah. in some respects similar growing up. Honestly, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I, I guess what's interesting about it, right, is that Leo also has this really intense mother. But does he bond with Japo? No, because of his homophobia. But like, he does bond with his domineering wife. He does. <laughs> true because she reminds him of his mother which is because like i with orso i don't really get that feeling that he likes savine because she reminds him of his mother no 
No. I mean, I do think that, like, having the mother he has, he likes intense women. Or he's used to it. Right. Like, I don't know. Like, not that that he likes it because his mom's that way. It's just that you've been around it that you don't have the idea that women should be. Right. He doesn't think that women shouldn't be that way. Which is weird because Leo does kind of think that. Or he wants to think that. He can't quite because he seems to like Rika and his mother and Savine. But he's determined to have a worldview in which... Men are in charge and fight yes. battles and women don't. And as long as you just kind of like couch it in those terms, then you can lead him by the nose. As long yep. as he feels like he's doing the lead. I think there's a line from Savine yeah. where she's like, oh, and he can be happy about doing something active and breaking something and that'll make him happy. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, I take that- care of actual war. I mean, I think Leo is a great example of like toxic masculinity at work, you know? I mean, and the way that that interplays with misogyny and how much of that has more to do with his own insecurities about himself and his sexuality and his masculinity and what he believes about it more than anything else. So, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) This is why I like Abercrombie. I mean, like, like, this is why I like part a lot of why I think I love this book so much. And like the, 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 the further I get into Abercrombie's work, the better I think he gets with the way he's writing female characters, the nuance with which he's depicting men of various sorts and some of the problems that we get. I'm like, go Abercrombie. Like, honestly, well, yeah. to me, like, it's great. It just feels like he did the default to mm-hmm. start out with because he was just like, what if I flipped the traditional fantasy right. arc on its head? So it's very traditional archetypes just reversed. And so everybody's a dude. And that's just kind of a very traditional fantasy world that he's just made the dark mirror version. And then as he's written, he himself has like wanted to explore different things and like explore different character types and different people that like weren't the default because he's like, I mean, when he talked about the first law trilogy, he was like, yeah, I mean, if you don't like think too much about it, you kind of accidentally have an entirely male cast because you just if you're not planning not to, you're just like, okay, we'll have this warrior and the warrior mm-hmm. talks to the smith, that's a dude. And the smith talks to the baker, that's a dude. And he talks to his son and that's a dude. And then he talks to the governor and right. that's a dude. And you just kind of like, everybody is just ends up being a dude by default when you just like do this traditional fantasy type thing. Yeah. And that he was like, well, you know, that's boring for the yeah. writer too. So, you know, to like stretch your legs a bit and to like, to do different things, more things, different perspectives, different storytelling types. I mean, with the the standalones too, he was like, well, I want to try to write a thriller. I want to try to write uh, a war book. I want to try to write uh, a Western, like mm-hmm. try to do different things. Yeah. Because he always approaches it with nuance. It's just that like, okay, can I take this nuance and like take it somewhere else? You know, yeah. To do like, it. Try different stuff. I mean, yeah. Which I think is, is great. Which is why when people get upset about the like women's bodies, you know, depictions in these books i'm like he's literally taking his mindset about writing a man and his junk and being like okay let me just like come over here and just do the exact same thing but with different equipment so so like it's he's not really different he's just like i will take my approach next door to a different set of circumstances well and honestly i feel like people who get upset about that that says more about them than it does about his writing (laughs) but also it seems always to me it tells me that, like, if they claim to love the first law, then I don't think they get the first law. And I think they are the butt of Abercrombie's joke without knowing it. Because if they're reading it and being like, it's a stabby, grim book where everything's violent and we love it because it's just, you know, that. It's so yeah. metal. And I'm yeah. like, Abercrombie's laughing at you. <laughs> and you don't know it. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. Well, it makes it does make me wonder. I it, like I should go read some other reviews. It be, it does make me wonder like how many other people pick up on the fact that Leo's whole deal is his internalized homophobia. Like, is that a thing that people realize? Or certainly one of his many deals. Well, one of his the deals. only thing. But he's he's the got a lot thing. of issues. He does. He, fair, true. <laughs> but like, that's a big. At least in the trouble with peas, like that is a big factor. Mm-hmm. Most definitely. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, he's got like issues about living up to his, you know, father, filling his father's mm-hmm. uh, shoes and uh, the mother that did always kind of take control. So he didn't really have to be tested. Um, yeah. And it, it's kind of like Orso and Leo, neither of them really had to be tested. And now they were both put in the fire. And one of them was floundering and not knowing what he's doing because he has no one to tell him what to do. And the other one is like, oh, I'm actually good at this. Yeah. <laughs> too little, too late, but I'm actually good at this. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, well, I'm excited to uh, finish it out. Oh, yeah. But the scenes where we got the perspective hopping. Oh, yeah. um, There were two. We did it at the Solar Society demonstration where there's an explosion. Before the explosion happens, we head hop for like all the different perspectives that are there. And each perspective ends with like it's uh, like the guy saying, and now we're about to like reveal it and then oh i do remember else. that yeah yeah, yeah. Then, i know yeah, yeah, yeah. I re- okay i remember that one and then during the battle we do something like that where like as the the battle is kind of like a rube goldberg machine where like we go from a perspective that affects this new perspective so that oh, they take yeah, it yeah. from here mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. then this person gets affected by it so then they take yep. it from here and we yep. like cycle through the whole battle that way yep yep i was I like oh damn shivers and monza walked so that this could run yes (laughs) i do remember both of those things and honestly i think that is probably part of why i was less annoyed with some of the action sequences (laughs) he's clever about how he was more clever about the way he was structuring them yeah 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 Yeah, no he's very good at some of that kind of stuff so yeah, this was good. It was fun. And I love how I was like, oh, I read this a while ago. I don't know if I'm going to have much to say, but you would add and yeah. look at that. I had plenty. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we're going to do on my radar sharing recent or upcoming book releases in sci-fi, fantasy, and romance that i'm excited about because i think it's just me this time which is fine um books for today's episode will be released between october 18th and october 31st 2022 but if you enjoy the podcast we appreciate if you take a minute to rate and review us so we can continue to reach more listeners and if you're interested in getting early access to episodes as well as as well as exclusive bonus content with every episode consider supporting us on patreon and thank you to all of our patrons um your support helps uh, fund fund the costs, like operating costs for what we do. So we do appreciate that. Uh, okay. So October 18th, we have Paris Dallincourt is about to crumble by Alexis Hall. This is a new, um, some kind of queer contemporary romance involving a baking show. And I like Alexis Hall's stuff. It's always entertaining and well executed. So I'm looking forward to that. Also, I guess this is not a technically sci-fi fan. So I, but I think I'm, when I put this together, I didn't realize that because I hadn't started it yet. But Lavender House by Love A.C. Rosen is actually more of a historical 
murder mystery type of thing but with like all queer characters i think i thought it was more horror ish which it's not but it is good i am enjoying it um then october 25th we've got into the wind racked wilds by deborah baker aka shauna mcguire this is the third installment in her very meta spinoff series <laughs> from middle game basically like in middle game there is a character who writes children's books and named a deborah baker and so these are the series of children's books from her other book that she's been writing i mean it's kind of what jk rowling did when she published like the school books that yeah they're supposedly reading yes but better <laughs> no but yeah yeah it's kind of like they're they're whimsical and kind of fun so We've got that. And then Into the Riverlands by Nevo is the third novella in the Singing Hills cycle. And it's delightful if you've been into those. Um, there's some fun Asian-inspired fantasy novellas. And then lastly, we have The Atlas Paradox by Livy Blake, which I'm very excited for. Yeah, this is a sequel to The Atlas Six, which was excellent. And you know, Mara hates it. <laughs> I'm not yeah I'm not surprised I yeah <laughs> I was surprised that I liked it I'm so happy was that you liked it that I liked it she's like expecting to rant with me about it I was like oh I liked that <laughs> that's so funny <laughs> I'm not I'm not surprised I like because I yeah because I also think Mara would hate like secret history so yeah but I love it it's great so all of those things are coming out um Everything will be linked in the show notes or in the video description if you're watching us on YouTube. And we will be back in two weeks, possibly, to talk about Rings of Power. <laughs> That's tentatively the plan. So stay tuned. And uh, this has been Chapter 3 Podcast. We're your hosts, Bethany and Leanna. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok at Chapter 3 Podcast. And you can find us on our individual YouTube channels. The next episode will be available in two weeks. And this episode's bonus content will be available to patrons in the next few days. Thanks for listening. <laughs>